Hello and welcome to another hometown daily news show. I am Mayor Watt and today is season two, episode 113 for April 23rd, 2023. The hottest spot is Disneyland. Here's a quick rundown of the articles we're going to be talking about tonight. Celebrities have been subscribed to Twitter Blue, except they're dead. A mystery has been solved involving the Caribbean sea urchin killer. Uh, Mark Gurman talks about the Apple headset. Something about battery pack, something about a USB-C port. I think it's hot mess. We'll talk about it. Zendaya, uh, Sia, uh, Ziegler, and Labyrinth at Coachella. Or Coachella, sorry. I think I added a syllable. Then you can explore an anime version of Tokyo in an Unreal Engine 5 demo. Sony likes a studio so much that it basically just bought it. It was supposed to be somebody's forever home and well, it had other plans. Facebook notifies some users that they might be eligible for 700 somewhere in the amount of $725 million for, for, from a, a settlement about privacy. Privacy at Facebook? I thought privacy was bad. I mean, dead. I thought it was, uh, I guess it's going to be expensive. Northern Lights could be seen um, in the U.S. on Sunday and Monday. And this article talks about where. And... At Disneyland, an animatronic dragon decides to internalize its fire and combust. Let's get into today's articles. Hello, hello. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI. You want to say hi, AI? Good evening, hometown citizens. Oh, look, a new color. I like a it. new day, a new color, a late message. Anyway, we won't get into that part. So uh, we've already selected the articles. There's only 10 today. Sunday to Monday seems to be the slow news day. Actually, Saturday to Sunday and then Sunday night is really kind of weak sauce. And then um, Monday, Sunday to Monday, it ramps up and then all the way up to Thursday. That's when everything gets really bonkers, Wednesday to Thursday. Y'all should stick around, hang out, talk about the news with us here in hometown. It's every day, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Come and hang out. Um, we, we, we really do appreciate you hanging out and uh, also appreciate it if you go over to YouTube and follow us over there and leave some comments. That would be great. Subscribe to the podcast and leave some reviews. If you uh, leave a, a five-star review, I'll read your name here on air and it'll be in perpetuity. It'll be as long as the, well, YouTube and, and the show and everything survives. Your name will always be out there. You, your name in lights, except that it'll be a podcast and a video and not lights it'll just be my voice yeah okay maybe it's not that great but you'll still uh, get some recognition for your kind words and even if they're harsh words i guess i'll 
read those too. I don't know. I will. I won't like it. I won't be happy. I won't be angry. I'll be disappointed. <laughs> like dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you want to just get into today's articles? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's do this. So um, this is an interesting one. And I thought when I went through the whole all of these articles today, I said, I am not going to soapbox. I'm not going to soapbox. I'm not going to soapbox. Yesterday, I soapboxed into two hours worth of conversation actually a minute and 30 seconds short of two hours. I almost just dragged it out kind of like this just so I can hit that two hour mark because I haven't hit two hours in a show since a solo early days of the hometown daily news show um, where I actually, I, I was, <laughs> I had a whole lot more to say um, because I had more articles and I just kind of vamped the whole night. Um, anyway, those are going to be returning, but probably not the long multiple, multiple hour news shows. Um, we're going to try and keep it within an hour and a half, but none of that has anything to do with this article. I just end up going sideways. <laughs> anyway, here's, here's why I said all of that, because I have to soapbox about this because this is actually the the implication to me is that this is fraudulent um but let's talk about it chadwick boseman from the headline yeah so these celebrities subscri quote subscribed to twitter blue because they have a blue check mark now except they're dead chadwick boseman michael jackson kobe bryant or kobe bryant um are among the public i don't know why i said kobe uh, it's kobe kobe bryant um are among the public figures Twitter label labeled as having paid for a new subscription program costing $8 a month. Okay. Wait a second. So not only are these individuals deceased, but I believe they were all deceased before Twitter blue came into existence. Correct. Even if they did have verification, verification was pulled Twitter from everybody. Blue. Right. And to get the the blue check mark, you have to pay $8 a month. Well, this article over at the Washington Post is by Annabelle Timsit and Marissa Lottie. And when I heard about this, I went, what the hell is this going on about? Because not these people have passed away. The policy was to remove the blue check mark from everybody. And if they didn't pay, they didn't get it because they weren't verified by means of a credit card, I suppose. But apparently what I said way back, which was really Twitter should be jumping over itself backwards, trying to encourage people to apply for the blue check mark, just so that there were, there's some vetting of the process of the people that are getting the blue check mark, because Really, if all you have to do is pay dollars, that's not much of a hurdle to quote unquote verify oneself. And it doesn't add any real value other than you have a credit card. Right? Well, these people are no longer on this it mortal does. coil. It adds $8 a month in value <laughs> to the company. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but in this particular case, Chadwick Boseman, Kobe Bryant, Anthony Bourdain, they always add it because up here they didn't say that. 
Um, in the little snippet, they didn't say that. But anyway, and others are the latest celebrities to be verified under Twitter Blue, the social media platform's paid subscription service that allows anyone to get a blue check mark by their name if they pay $8 a month and confirm their phone number. So the thing that really authenticates you is not the phone number. That's just an added thing. But it's you're paying eight dollars a month, so there is a charge there. There's a, it's a forensic chain of authority where you know that the purchase was made through an account or something that's tied to someone. And if if you're a real tool or you commit a, a libel or slander, depending on what the vehicle is for you to say or do something, um, you can actually forensically be traced back to your identity, right? It also shows currency, not the money, but the temporal entity of currency. It shows that you are live and willing to pay $8, except apparently <laughs> if you're famous and you're dead, you get the blue check mark. But who paid for it? I mean, is that a setting they've got there and they go, OK, this is a famous dead person. So they're automatically subscribed to this. There isn't anything else in this article, by the way. Oh. Um, yeah, it says, uh, except the actor, athlete and celebrity chef died years ago before Twitter blue even existed. Oh yeah, you were right. Um, but the check marks have existed. Oh, Twitter blue has not. <coughs> so my problem here beyond that. Okay. I don't care. Fine. Give the blue check mark to people. E even if they're dead, if you verified that that's their account. Sure. But. The implication is that famous people are paying for it. Exactly. And that is where I think that's fraudulent. And I that's where I think it's they have a blue mark, except it has to be noted somehow that you either pay eight bucks yep. or you're whatever famous and dead. And we'll just give you one, whatever. Yep. If you, you don't get given an honorary doctorate and call yourself doctor, you have to say your honorary doctor. You can't sit there and claim that you've earned anything like that, a, a, a real doctorate. If you haven't earned the doctorate, anything short of saying, no, no, no. Like I got referred to as a doctor and I had to correct them. Uh, not a doctor. Um, <laughs> right. That's like and, on TV, but yes. Yeah. And not a doctor. Um, and so you have to correct it because the implications are fraudulent if they go on to believe that you are representing yourself as something you're not. Even if the, the assumption cannot be allowed to persist because people will think that it is legitimate when it's not. So I think that anybody that's been given a blue check mark needs to have it flagged like a little star next to it. When you click on the star, it says honorary. So it's a checked star. Right. That would be fine because that would note it as different. Right now, they're all uniform as far as I know. Yeah. And so then the implication is exactly what you said. Yeah. And so if you do that to really high powered accounts, even if the people are deceased, people buy into the ideology that there is an account that's paying a person that's paying for it one way or another. Even if it's the estate that's paying for it, then it needs to actually say that it's the estate that's paying for it because the person's deceased for crying out loud. 
So anyway, that's my soapbox for that. You want to just move on to the next article? Yes. Okay. Because uh, Sunday really is kind of the slow news day. Uh, but this popped up and I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. That's yeah, fraud. I mean, I guess the positive way to take this is maybe some of these people are are not really gone <laughs> from us, right? <laughs> no, they're gone. I won't they're still even living pretend. On, uh, no. Twitter blue. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Artificial intelligence <laughs> is so sophisticated that Twitter blue powers their <laughs> supernatural force. Their soul <laughs> is embedded, is powering Twitter blue. Oh, man, that's kind of that's that's pretty scary. Hmm. We'll have to look into that investigative journalism. Well, let's move on to the next article. Um, this next one is Mystery Solved. Scientists ID Caribbean sea urchin killer is really interesting, but sad and, and kind of creepy. Last year, sea urchins in the Caribbean started getting sick, shedding their spines, dying off, and throwing reef ecosystems into chaos. Um, and now scientists think that they've caught the killer in the marine murder mystery. And before I go too far, the AI decided uh, to remind me, thankfully, that I didn't. I assumed something <clears throat> because I've been, I put stuff into Showbot, which is at hometown.showbot.tv. I had already put it all in there and I've been posting the articles to the uh, chat. Um, I also assumed that eh, I've said hometown.showbot.tv often enough uh, that everybody would know it, forgetting that I it's not like I'm world famous and everybody knows who I am um, and definitely doesn't know about hometown. Uh, you know, the whole world doesn't know about hometown and, and the AI is like, uh, hey, you got a, you got something to do. Do it. So anyway, uh, hometown.showbot.tv is where we put the articles, the URLs into hometown so that you can vote on articles that you find interesting. And there are a few in here that um, uh, every every time we do a show, I know that there's something interesting in the show for everyone. There, I don't think there's a single episode where everybody doesn't get something out of it if they watch it um there's there's always something going on that's interesting um that said go over and vote let us know that you're interested in it because we do take that into consideration um at least i do um i uh i work with the ai and we go through all of the articles throughout the day um and um, I say if somebody's voting for something this way or that way or the other. Well, all 10 are over there right now. And then in the show notes itself, I put them. And in the VOD, I put them. So you can always access them. And they connect you to the source simply because at the bottom of every article is visit the source. And then when you click on it, it takes you over there. So pretty neat process that we got going on here. And if you want... Um, let us know if you have an article that you want us to highlight, then uh, send an email to mayor at showbot. Sorry, no, 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 not mayor at <laughs> it's mayor at hometown.com, not showbot. It has nothing to do with showbot. And I got to stop saying showbot. I'm programming myself to say showbot now, which is bad. It's mayor at hometown.com. Oh, God. 
anyway, you know, the little uh, sea urchin killer is a single cell, a single celled parasite. That's what's been killing these uh, sea urchins. How does that happen? And why does it spread only to sea urchins? Everything else fights it off, I guess. Right. Maybe so. Yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. Maybe they have natural immunity to it or some uh, other animals. I don't know. I've been right? reading about the sea urchin die off, but I hadn't recommended any articles for that before because I just thought it was kind of sad news. But this one seemed good because there was some resolution to it. So it says the long spined sea urchins or diadema antelarum are prickly black creatures that hide out in reefs across the Caribbean. They play a key role as lawnmowers of the reef, Breitbart said, eating up the algae uh, that grow on corals. Okay, so the AI threw me an error message. You know, you can actually say that. Um, <clears throat> but in January 2022, the animals started showing strange symptoms. Their sharp spines drooping and falling off, their suction cup uh, feet losing their grip before dying off in droves from the Virgin Islands to Puerto Rico to Florida. And let's see if they have a little picture of it. Oh, these are the little, wow, it's like a denuded uh, sea urchin. That's sad. Um, so they didn't see any signs of viruses or bacteria, uh, said study author Ian Hewson, who researches marine diseases at Cornell University, but they did spot traces of tiny single-celled organisms called ciliates which only showed up in the sick urchins. Though most ciliates don't cause disease, this kind has been linked with other aquatic outbreaks, making it a prime suspect. So they confirmed it. To confirm, they uh, caught the killer. Scientists placed the parasites in tanks with healthy urchins grown in, in captivity to see how they'd react. And out of 10 urchins who were pitted against the tiny creatures, 60% of them died. So six of the 10 died um, after showing the same symptoms researchers were seeing in the wild. So it's possible that this same parasite also caused the die off in the 1980s, but scientists can't be sure. I guess if they don't have any of them, then you, you know, remaining, you know, like in a forensic tub or something so that they could go back and look at them. Um, and they haven't figured out a way to treat the diseased urchins, but they're hopeful that knowing the source of the die-offs will help conserve the reefs, especially when they learn or once they learn more about uh, how the parasites spread. Kind of interesting based on our conversation that we were having earlier today um, yes. about about the fact that um, there's a lot of treatments that seem to treat the ailment. Yet when uh, even laymen look back into uh, even scientists look into it, the mechanisms by which various ailments exist aren't really known, but they're treated and quote unquote cured by means that the researchers and, and, and doctors don't truly understand the mechanics of, um, and well, I won't get into the nuts and bolts of it, but let's just say that, it's fascinating that the needle still moves in health science and treatment of various maladies when the cure exists how can it get better than the cure 
It's because research continues to find the real reason why things are happening. <laughs> um, even though for five years, a decade plus, everybody says, oh, this is the cure. Well, not really. We don't know the cause of a lot of illnesses. And this is, actually stands to reason why and how it actually it, it's a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier today. This was off air, uh, not online. Um, literally showing uh, um, time after time after time, not knowing the mechanism of an ailment, yet being told that this is how it's treated. Horseshoes and hand grenades, you know, that's kind of what I liken it to. Um, but these people will doggedly pursue this until they figure out um, how and why this single celled uh, what, what parasite, right? Is that what it yeah, is? A ciliate. Yeah. Um, how it functions, how it transfers to others. I mean, it's a mass die off. So why is there so many? And then it disappears for 40 years. Right. I mean, I have to assume that it was the same thing that caused it, but it may not be. Um, and I mean, to just foot stomp the importance of this research, these researchers could make or break the future of coral reefs. I mean, this is a really big deal. Um, I mean, I don't mean if they fail to find it, that it's on them, but if they succeed, think of the impact on the oceans. Well, yeah, the success is on them, but the failure is nature. It just means right, that, exactly. you know, the, the, the target was missed because you can't, you can't succeed in a, in a vacuum. You have to figure out what it is. That's the true rationale for this, but what is the mechanism where it goes from parasite to kill? You know, that's, that's the thing for me. Um, but it's usually they treat the, they treat the patient with something to stop the mechanism from being triggered. And right, that's it's like treating the symptom, not the cause, right? Correct. Yep. yep, yep. Or, or I should say it's treating the precursor of the symptom. It's what causes the symptom. You know, why is your nose running? Oh, it's because of this mechanism. Okay, take this medicine and it'll stop this mechanism. Well, that's not what's causing your nose to run. What's causing your nose to run is some bacteria or a virus or a whatever. That's what's causing... And there's a me mechanism between whatever that intruder is and your runny nose. Just blocking it, a receptor, doesn't seem like what should be done. It's the only thing that can be done. But this is a deeper science than I'm prepared to discuss, um, at least at this point. These are one of these topics where I want to do a deeper dive, um, but it would take... Uh, some serious planning. Um, that said, let's just go on to the next article and we'll write this in our little notepads to um, review as time progresses. Um, the next article really isn't going to toot my horn, that's for sure. Uh, Mark Gurman, uh, Apple pundit basically, um, foretells the future many a time and uh says apple headset attaches required battery pack via magnetic connector and has a separate usb-c port for data transfer so i guess this vr headset is legit 
but it's less scary because it has an external battery pack and requires a USB-C connector. Okay, so I think with that type of a connection, this type of a process, I think that we've pretty much moved away from augmented reality. I, I'm going to guess that this is not an augmented reality headset at this point. Why is that? Because you don't need an external battery pack and USB-C to drive augmented reality. You need revolutionary optics, but you don't need power, like massive amounts of power. And here's the, the thing, because I had already seen something else about this. It only has two hours of battery life. Oh, it actually says it in the article. Um, so just a reminder, we don't actually parse all of the news before we start the show, because we always have some experience with this to some degree. Um, so it says in the latest edition of Mark Gurman's Power On newsletter for Bloomberg, he provides some more details on the upcoming Apple AR VR headset expecting to be unveiled or expected to be unveiled at WWDC in June, somewhat right around the corner. Um, German says the headset features two ports, a USB-C port for data transfer and a proprietary magnetic port for um, a battery pack. The uh, external battery pack is required for the headset to function and apparently resembles the size and shape of what? I don't know. It just says resembles the IN size of. This has to be a typo of some kind, but let's go over to the article here in a minute. Um, it'll provide about two hours of battery life. So Benjamin Mayo is the author and here are the swim goggles of Apple uh, 2023. Oh God, they're just so wonky. I hope, please tell me they're not this. <laughs> when I see that picture, I actually think they're swim goggles for swimming. Like that's how much they look like swim goggles. Yeah. I don't think they're AR or VR that happen to look like swim goggles. No, uh, <sighs> some weird silicone gasket and uh, whatever. Like anyway, the rubber, uh, strap yeah, this, that goes around your head. Yeah. This little sports thing that is suited for a wrist strap, but not for a head strap holding $3,000 sheets of glass to your face. I mean, none of this makes any sense. Um, please, please Apple. I hope, oh man, don't, don't make it look like this. I, <laughs> If, if this is what it looks like when it comes out of the gate, talk about wetting the bed. I mean, it, it's, it would be akin to um, the gates opening up for a horse race and the horse just trips and flings the rider off and then backs out of the gate and says, I'm going home. You know, just this is horrible. I think that this is horrible. Anyway, with an expected battery life of about two hours per pack, hardcore Apple headset users will need to carry multiple battery packs on their person and switch them out to have a longer augmented reality sessions. By the way, that isn't that hard to imagine, but nobody's going to be walking around with multitudes of these things just for giggles. Okay. It's, 
this isn't a camera where when you run out of battery, you are, you're left with a lump and your bread and butter is coming from taking pictures, right? That's why you have extra batteries for your camera. This is an AR slash VR headset, which is either going to be in home tethered to a computer, or it's going to be mobile where you're going to get smacked because you're wearing swim goggles. Anyway, the, the nuts and bolts of this is that nobody's going to be spending six hours requiring three of these. If they're out walking around with these things, not unless they're trying to prove a point that people don't do it. So, the external battery pack is required for the headset to function and apparently resembles the MagSafe battery pack in size and shape. So whatever they had in the snippet was turned into MagSafe battery pack. What does the MagSafe battery pack look like? This is a link to um, Amazon. So let me see. We're going to do this live. So sorry for the dead air. Oh, that. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. So all it is, I don't know if they have it. Yeah, they don't show it. Anyway, um, the MagSafe battery pack basically looks just like a little, like half a deck of cards kind of a thing. Um, as long as it's USB-C, nobody's going to care because then I can plug these into it and, and not have to worry. And if it's all proprietary, then they're going the Sony route and deserve to get slapped. Um, not in real life. Just I know that I've already lost you all a long time ago as a sponsor. So um, let's just say th this is a bad design, folks, a real bad design. This thing. uh now I just want to see it. You know, I don't really like talking about rumors, but my goodness, this is just horrible. Um, so it says, as a refresher of the latest rumors, the headset itself is expected to be a premium device made of materials, including glass and carbon fiber. Really? No shit. Glass? Is that? What time is it? Oh, look, it's no shit news. Anyway, carbon fiber featuring two 4K displays, one for each eye. Well, what about my third eye? About a dozen sensors and cameras to enable fine grained hand gesture and eye tracking and be powered by an M2. Okay. So basically it's a Mac mini with other features added to it. Now it says fine grained hand gesture and eye tracking. So what's the input device now? What, how are we doing it? You know, with the Pico and other controllers or other VR AR headsets, there are controllers that I hold in my hand and I can manipulate them and it manipulates my avatar in game. So what? Right. But how, do, how is that going to work here? And is that included in the $3,000? Really curious because I have yet to find an article that discusses the input devices, because if you're going to be walking around with input devices, then it's a loss. If it's only going to recognize hand gestures, then you've already lost the game there too, because you can't actuate anything. You might be able to grab something, but what is it detecting if you want to activate something? You know, you pick up 
the let's say you're playing a, a first person shooter, a VR shooter. You pick up the weapon, but there isn't anything to activate it. And if it has to detect when you move your finger the right way, there's lag, there's computational time there uh, on top of the lag. It has to actually detect your your movement so nothing can be obstructed. So you're holding your hands like this, trying to ape a movement. Now, all of this is rumor, so I wait. But this is what's going through my head. What the hell is going to be the all the rest is easy. You know, battery pack. Fine. I think it's dumb to have it uh, corded. I think it's dumb to have an umbilical. There are other companies that have developed these umbilical AR VR headsets and they are nowhere to be seen nowadays. Um, but the one thing that nobody ever talks about the input devices, the controllers, for the VR world. Um, and that's it for this article, by the way. They talk about it being $3,000. They talk about uh, trademark filings that it could be called the Apple Reality Pro. So what is the Apple Reality versus the Apple Reality Pro? I'll take the cheaper one, thank you. Uh, more affordable versions are reportedly already in development for uh, release in future years. And Apple is expected to announce the device on June 5th at the Apple annual developer conference, WWDC. So what are the chances here that none of this gets announced at WWDC <laughs> after all these articles? Very high. Because it could all be internal chatter. And it's not going to come out for two more years. And they're they're priming the pump for everybody to create stuff that's going to be ar but ar can be done in your phone or ipad it doesn't need to be done with glasses that are a distraction from ar unless they are done right which means wireless even if they understand hand tracking you have to have an input device that has high fidelity and capability not just you know uh a touch sensor somewhere you you need to be able to grip it you need to be able to move the the uh, avatar in vr space you can't do that with just hand motion because there's lag and sensitivity issues fidelity issues um and i don't think anybody gets it to the point where apple not even i don't think apple will be able to get it to the point where i think apple wants it to be um, but maybe they're gonna do it anyway and see what the market says. Oh, iPod Nano 2.0. So, but this is going to be a very expensive launch, $3,000 per device. So I want to see it. And, and then I'll be, you know, obviously I lack faith in this. So let's see it. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to spend all night on that one. Um, this next article is over at uh, the continuity report has to do with Coachella. Zendaya, Sia, Maddie Ziegler um, and joined Labyrinth for Coachella 2023 surprise. This would have been great to see. I don't know what Maddie Ziegler has to do with this other than isn't she the dancer? Oh, that's right. Um, she came on with Sia. Um, right. Naturally. Uh, yes. 
So Zendaya joined Labyrinth tonight at Coachella for the second weekend of the Arts and Music Festival to perform their Emmy-nominated hit I'm Tired, as well as the song All of Us, the Euphoria star wearing a pink corset top and frilly skirt emerged shortly after. Man, I almost wore the same thing tonight. Sorry, um, emerged shortly after the start of I'm Tired. So let's go over to the source. Uh, this is Tanya Garcia over at Variety.com that put this article together. And uh, let's see, is there anything else in here that is of note? Also surprising the crowd was Sia uh, for the LSD song Thunderclouds from her collaboration with Labyrinth and Diplo. Um, wearing her signature wig and featuring dancer Maddie Ziegler in a similar costume, the two added infectious groove to a set that, which proved to be a crowd favorite on both weekends. Uh, Sia's voice just crushes it. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I just awesome voice. Um, as for Zendaya's music career, the former Disney actress released her self-titled debut a decade ago, but went on to say in March 2022 that she stepped away from music quite a while ago for a number of reasons, but still really love it. Billie Eilish joined Labyrinth last weekend, where the two performed their track Never Felt So Alone. Uh, they previously had performed the duet for Eilish's Kia Forum concert in Los Angeles last December. There's more, as usual, over at this article at Variety um, that you can suss out if you go over there. Um, I'm I'm waiting for the next iteration, uh, or not, not iteration, part two of Dune, because Zendaya is in it. I had no idea that Zendaya was going to be in that first episode of Dune. That came out of nowhere. Right. I didn't know in advance. I just saw it when we watched Dune. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's not why I'm really into this iteration of Dune. I'm just saying that she's going to be in it. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. I'm just going to move on. So the next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about tonight. Explore an anime anime version of Tokyo in this free Unreal Engine 5 demo. Plenty of games have let us explore a fictionalized slice of Japan's capital city. I knew they were going to talk about Ghostwire Tokyo. So like Ghostwire Tokyo, Tokyo Dark, and every mainline game of the Yakuza line of a dra or like a dragon series, all of which are awesome, by the way. Ghostwire Tokyo is pretty neat, but the Yakuza like a dragon series, those uh, are amazing. Uh, great story. If you'd like to do that without having a video game uh, getting away, then uh, you can do this. Um, and this can actually be, I believe anything that's an Unreal Engine can be pulled into VR as well. So um, I think somebody just has to do it. So Jody McGregor over at uh, PC Gamer. Uh, dot com put this together. Just imagine you're running late and holding a slice of toast in your mouth. And uh, you can go running through uh, Tokyo in a, a VR demo. Uh, this is not it. Maybe further down here, they have something. No, it looks like a bunch of images. Um, but you're basically in an anime version of Tokyo that is realistic in one sense, but still anime style. <clears throat> it's pretty neat. Um, 
So travel too far down its roads or try to descend into Shibuya Station and you'll hit banners that say area closed, but that's still a surprising amount to find. Uh, the person took a shortcut through a dark lane, rode on top of a sports car like they were in Saints Row and paid their respects to the statue of uh, Hichiko, the loyal dog who waited at the station to see his master after uh, work each day and continued to do so for nine years after his master's death. <clears throat> and just so everybody knows, the AI has just lost it. Um, so, and they, they read a whole lot faster. So I was actually watching the data stream completely melt. So, um, good job, Jody McGregor. We need a melting effect in the visualizer. Yeah, yeah that's true. You, you made my AI cry. Okay, so let's move on uh, before I start sobbing. The next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. Sony likes the studio unannounced, the studio's unannounced service game so much that it bought it. The studio, not just the game. <laughs> Sony's so pleased with the work done by external developer Firewalk Studios on its as yet unannounced game that it decided to acquire the development studio part and parcel with its in-game or in-progress game. Uh, the authors of the article don't know much about Firewalk, which was founded in 2018, but they do know that they're working on some kind of live service game. What they say is, you know, your eternal games, your destinies and all that. Uh, not the singer, not the band. So this is over at uh, PCGamer.com, Jonathan Bolding. Uh, big corps really do love to acquire expertise, which can actually leave after the terms of the contractor close. So acquiring also called aqua hires are, um, can be expensive and a waste of time. Anyway, Sony is pleased with the work done by firewalk studios and Sony interactive entertainment had previously locked down firewalks debut title for themselves, an exclusive multiplayer game of some kind that was in 2021. And uh, two years later, Sony apparently likes what it sees so much that it decided to buy the whole studio. Huh? It'll be the 20th development team. PlayStation studios has, uh, integrated pretty fascinating. Firewalk has a studio of quite a few now, nearly 150 developers, but at the start mostly boasted a stable of Bungie veterans. Bungie is a former developer. Um, most notably, Tony Hsu. Isn't that it? Sue? It's just Sue. Um, who previously, who was previously the, and probably still is, <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing with the grammar here. Uh, previously, the uh, senior vice president on Destiny at Activision and Ryan Ellis, who was creative director at Bungie. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how this works. You know, companies hire a smaller company when they don't have the ability to do it themselves. They hire and they throw enough money at it to make it sexy enough for the business to just be acquired. And then all independent development flies out the door 
and the MBAs come sliding into their DMs going, yo, this is, you know, way too expensive. You need to uh, kill this storyline because it uh, is really expensive with voice actors and all kinds of stuff, right? You suddenly have to make economic sense, and that just kills the entire everything it just contrary to the creative process but yeah i know you have to have the budget to create something so yeah so there you have it folks firewall studios acquired by sony okay let's move on the next article is over in the daily news show and uh, this one is titled this was supposed to be our forever home two utah houses slide down a cliff months after the residents were forced to evacuate. And uh, I actually watched this um, post at the event. Obviously, they posted it somewhere and then another article talked about it. And then this one actually showed up in hometown. Um, And so this is the house right here. Um, There were actually two of them um, side by side. They were both um, evicted because it was unstable ground. And they were living, but one family of seven was gone. Um, the other family was actually told you got to get out. Um, and they had been in a hotel or something or in a rental. Uh, but we're watching this happen. They watched and recorded it collapse. So it just wow. kind of shifts to one side and then slides down the hill. Um, now I didn't, I didn't go digging into the articles because I, I, all I saw was the video, but it says the debris from the home slid down hundreds of feet into the canyon below and prompted trail closures for safety. Uh, Draper, Utah officials uh, required two households overlooking a canyon to evacuate in October. KSTU reports residents watched their homes slide off the cliff and into the canyon below on Saturday morning. Eric Comrat wrote that he and his wife were still paying the mortgage of the $900,000 home while they stayed in a rental awaiting repairs. The repairs did not arrive because Mother Nature had something else to do about it. So I thought there were two interesting things from that. One is there was six months advance notice that, hey, something is wrong here, which is pretty incredible because I don't think you always see that occur. And then secondly, can you imagine having a million dollar home essentially and just losing it down a cliff i hope you had great insurance (laughs) and i don't know if that was covered yeah i'm really curious about the insurance too because this is a natural disaster kind of a thing right right so i'm thinking they're not gonna pay out yeah this is rough what did you just what if you'd paid whatever eight hundred thousand dollars into the mortgage oh maybe not since they just purchased it but you know what i mean well, they may have the, this was their forever home. So maybe, I mean, why would, if this is your forever home and you have the green, then why would you want to have to babysit that? Unless you're making a, like a, an amazing Epic amount of money. Off of, yeah, exactly. Um, but $900,000 for a house purchased in November, 2021 you had better have parlayed a metric ton of cash from a previous home into this home or damn near paid this off because your interest rate is going to be through the roof. Um, at any rate, they shared the clip on LinkedIn, which 
Who shares anything on LinkedIn for crying out loud other than, hey, I was at this convention for crying out loud. I anyway, didn't even know you could share a video on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, it's a link to YouTube or something. Um, anyway, I actually saw the video of it, um, but I don't link here and there is no link in this. So really what you should be doing is doing a Google search or a YouTube search um, for this name, Comrat. And then uh, K-A-M-R-A-D-T, yeah. And uh, while I do have a link to this article, the, there's nothing in here that links to the actual video. Um, although there might be something in here, but um, my firewall kind of blocks certain things. At any rate... Did you count how many times you said link? Uh, I didn't link them all together, if that's what you're saying. I did put the links in the VOD and I'll put the links in the show notes. Okay, let's move on. So uh, we only have three articles left, including this one. Uh, and uh, this one is interesting because um, I believe that I heard about this Friday. Um, Facebook notifies users who may be eligible for $725 million privacy settlement. So not the whole thing, folks. You're going to get a little piece of it, probably $14. Um, who knows how much, but uh, treat it like a college textbook buyback program. They made a lot of money off of your purchase and you're only going to get maybe 1% of whatever is left after the attorneys and other things are taken out of it. So some Facebook users received a notification Saturday that wasn't a friend request or comment, nor a scam for that matter. The social media platform informed users that they may be eligible for a piece of the massive $725 million settlement, but not as massive as that payment to Dominion voting. <laughs> so let's go over to, uh, I'm going to refresh this. So, this is the uh, video. It's very rare. It, it, the Hill seems to connect to the videos properly, but other websites seem to have this random video playing. Anyway, judge tentatively, okay, $725 million Facebook settlement. How to apply for a payout. You have to probably log in and give your private information, <laughs> which is ironic. Right. Hey, so I looked up how many users of Facebook there are because I was thinking how small I, and I know not every Facebook user is probably part of this. Right. But there's almost 3 billion users of Facebook. So yeah. Yeah. I haven't done the math, but. <laughs> so Alex Martishow is the author of this over at The Hill and um, the firm harvested the data of as many as 87 million Facebook users. So that's the range that's going to get compensated. So 87 million Facebook users. What's the math there? You're going to get mm, 10 bucks, probably $1.25 after the attorney's fees and taxes. Like $8 without anything taken out. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah. I rounded up to 10. So, um, so it's going to be a ten dollar settlement, but dramatically less after. Yeah, they're not even get wound up because they're going to see the seven hundred twenty five million dollar figure. <laughs> Woohoo! In a nutshell, a human, their data is probably worth about five dollars a month. Um, in reality, so 
Uh, clicking on the notification leads to a badge that reads, you may be entitled to uh, a payment from a settlement of a lawsuit. And in the process, you're going to be validating your most current information. So they're going to be making money off of the backs of this lawsuit. Um, and I always chuckle about this stuff because um, there was, what was the one that we recently saw? Um, they, they had made something like $300 million, but they were fined 20 or $72 million, which means right. that they basically walked away with $230 million off of this thing that led to a penalty. So right. I can't remember what the specific <laughs> infraction was. Yeah. But yeah. they came out ahead. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can verify that you meet the eligibility requirement on the settlement website, which is uh, Facebook user privacy settlement.com, which probably has a Facebook beacon in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's funny though. You're, you're going to be, if opportunity cost is actually important to you, you're going to be spending more time filling out this form. Even if it's only a mash the button type of form. <laughs> Okay. Well, and I thought I, your point earlier about like completing your information was funny because it's like if you value your privacy and it goes into too much detail, you might think twice about submitting the form. But that's right. Hey, you know, in the information that we gave uh, to a bunch of people, that information was incorrect. Thank you for correcting it. You know, they... right? We want it again so we can. Um, that's right. It's the Cambridge Analytica thing, by the way. I, I never mentioned the name of the company, but uh, the lawsuit stems from the accusations that uh, Facebook allowed users' personal information uh, to be shared with third parties, primarily Cambridge Analytica, a consulting firm that supported Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. And I, there was a, a huge thing. So he's like getting in trouble for this money that shifted hands and people are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's all kinds of money that shifted hands prior to the election um, with Donald Trump. And that is why it became in New York, a felony charge because he was shifting money around to save his ass in the election. But even to this day, nobody seems to care, you know, that he's really like the worst think, of society. I think people are over it. I saw an article today that, you know, some ridiculous percentage of people don't want either candidate from that election to run. Like, it doesn't matter what party you're in or whatever. They just, I think they're just past it. Yeah, well, good luck. They're not going to vote me in. I can't be bought. Plus, you already have a job as mayor of hometown. As mayor of hometown. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we better go on to the next article. Uh, the next article is in the mobile channel. Northern lights could be visible in U.S. on Sunday and Monday. Here's where a coronal mass ejection and a, and a minor solar flare happened Friday night according to NOAA Space Weather Prediction Center, in addition to sparking a geomagnetic storm uh, through Monday, the solar activity means the Northern Lights will be visible as far south as Nebraska and Iowa. 
So all you have to do is rip the magnetic field off of the planet and you get to see pretty lights. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> So coronal mass ejections or CMEs are explosions of plasma and magnetic material from the sun that can reach Earth in as little as 15 to 18 hours. That's the gap between Earth and the sun. Um, slower CMEs like the one observed Friday can take days to impact us. Um, while both solar flares and CMEs, which can occur at the same time, can impact navigation, communication, and radio signals on Earth, CMEs are able to create a stunning show in the night sky, according to NASA. So here's a picture, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So I saw another graphic in a similar article in Hometown, and yep. it went much lower than that. Um, okay. It actually went down. It had more than 30 states um, as potential uh, locations to view. Gotcha. Well, that's really interesting because it. This makes it appear like only Canada is going to see it. You know, right. The other map North went Dakota. down, say, down to, I don't know, maybe like well, Kansas, Virginia. So viewing is expected. Viewing is expected to, it's a dimish, to dimish? I suppose that word is supposed to be diminish Monday night with only the northernmost parts of some states, Washington, Montana, North Dakota, and Minnesota. Maybe that's what this is speaking to. This is the later period. But it says tonight's Aurora forecast, so I don't know what to say. Anyway, um... Yeah, I mean, the it says that it's going to it has the ability to go down into Washington, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota may also be seen in the northern lights on Sunday night. Parts of Idaho, Wisconsin, Oregon, Wyoming, Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire and Maine. So well, I would also say if you're in a state that borders one of those mentioned, it might be worthwhile looking out because there are different yeah. maps out there and you wouldn't want to miss it just because, whoops, um, your state didn't get mentioned in the article. Yeah, somebody was conservative. It doesn't take that much energy to just go out there and look up. Well, I mean, for some people it might. But anyway. You um, you're mobile, please go outside and look. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not, then there are people that are actually probably going to be streaming that on YouTube, uh, maybe on Twitch. I don't know, um, but it's always a, a chance that somebody is streaming something like Aurora. You have to watch out, though, because some people are dimwits and decide that they're going to fake the Aurora by using software. And you you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway, um, if you disclose, if you declare that it's legit and it's a lie, then you're a liar and, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Um, because the hottest place on earth is Disneyland. Well, for a brief moment, animatronic dragon goes up in flames at Disneyland. I actually saw this video, um, <laughs> um, on an, well, since then, on two other sites uh, outside of uh, hometown, um, animatronic dragon goes up in flames at Disneyland because a fire broke out at the Disneyland Saturday night event with packed crowds enjoying the theme park. A fire ignited on the Tom Sawyer Island during the Fantasmic. I have to say it that way because there's an exclamation point after that word. Fantasmic. 
nighttime water and fireworks show held on the rivers of America. So if you go over and I'm going to refresh this. You know, I wonder if people thought it was part of the show at the beginning. This show is on fire. <laughs> exactly. I don't mean when it was really engulfed, but just if they're doing fireworks and lights and then you see some sparks or whatever, you're not necessarily going to distinguish it. Well, we'll play it and we'll describe it to those who are listening via the podcast. But basically, we're watching a newscast from KTLA and Vivian Chow over at the Hill. And uh, by by the time somebody, uh, well, this section of the video is shown, the head was already fully engulfed. Um, and by the time they edit the video, this thing turns into a raging inferno. <laughs> it looks right. like it's catching and the it, trees on fire. Right, and it looks like if it's at real speed, it went very quickly. Well, there's a big I mean, like chop in, in it. under a minute. Yeah, there's a big edit because oh, it okay. goes from there, there, right. and then there's okay. a, there's a smash cut to another. See? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I kind of missed that. Yeah, there's a pretty big chunk taken out, but the whole body of this dragon goes up in flames, and and it looks like it's setting a tree on fire, but that's just a perspective thing. Um, but it looked beautiful because there's like sparkles coming off of it. <laughs> well, that's wow. what I mean. Like it kind of looked like it was in keeping with the show to a point, not when it was fully engulfed. Yeah, their holograms are amazing. You know, they really do paint with light. This show's on fire. Anyway, videos taken by park goers show flames fully engulfing Maleficent's dragon prop on stage. The uh, flames first took over the dragon's face before spreading to the rest of the body. Am so I the only happens. one who think it's odd that the dragon was on fire? <laughs> well, it probably breathes, like does that little snort of fire periodically. Exactly. <laughs> Heavy plumes of dark smoke could be seen billowing from the stage where and were v visible throughout the park. I'm sure that there were some astonished kids out there going um i didn't know dragons can catch on fire yeah i imagine that might have had an interesting impact on people watching particularly if you think how many young kids are at a place like disneyland yeah as usual it is the hottest place on earth dun 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 all right folks that's it for tonight Got anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, no. no, just remember to go look for the Northern Lights if uh, your skies are clear. Yep. Um, bring you back to the front page, the welcome sign of hometown. We always refresh it and then we end up talking about it. Anything interesting going on? Diablo 4 will have a pinnacle boss intended to be your final, your character's final challenge. That'll be interesting. There's going to be a new uh, test, a, a server stress test uh, coming up here pretty soon. Um, we'll talk about it when it gets well. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll bring it up again in another episode. Um, Lizzo brings drag queens on stage and protesting Tennessee law. Yeah, don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I, 
too much dead air. We're going to get out of here, folks. Thank you very much for hanging out and chat. Appreciate it. See you over on YouTube. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Be sure to follow us over here on Twitch. Don't forget to download the podcast. Leave comments everywhere early and often. There is a Discord. I don't even hang out in, in uh, Omtown's Discord, but I'm willing to. I want to. It's always open. You can send me messages there. Send a message to the mayor. Um, and, uh, don't forget to the, the podcast. Um, I just posted three episodes because, uh, I was, well, last couple of days have been, uh, kind of hectic. So at any rate, that's it. I'm Mayor Watt. That's hometown.com. And up there is the AI that's going to say bye. <laughs> Good night, hometown citizens. That sounded very emphatic. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. (laughs) It's like the cat cleaning the other cat, right? I am going to lick your face and you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) Good night, everybody.